This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. beginning of February, we're going to be exploring together a new sermon series that's titled Life Together. And the focus for that particular sermon series is going to be the letter of 1 Peter. We're going to take it piece by piece and bit by bit and work our way through from the beginning to the end. And and as a companion resource for those of you uh, who are following along with us on Sundays, will be a series of resources on video where I'm going to be talking with various people, Alan's here with me today, obviously, about these different parts of this wonderful letter. Uh, So today we're going to be looking at something of the context of the letter, who Peter was, why he wrote it, who he's writing to, and what some of the key themes are. And we're going to be looking at the very first verses in the letter, verses 1 to 12. So, Alan, you made the decision to have this letter of 1 Peter be our focus from February. And I'm wondering why. What is it that you saw in it that was so attractive? Uh, It's a wonderful letter. It's a wonderful letter, Katrina. So the letter of 1 Peter, I reckon it, it is to Peter what maybe the book of Romans is to Paul. So when you read Romans, it's kind of this this amazing statement of salvation, church, Christian life. And and the book of First Peter is is exactly that kind of letter written by the Apostle Peter, who was a follower of Jesus, up close and intimate with Jesus. And and he gives us this incredible picture of, of, of really the five circles of life-giving relationships that we're talking about here at New Hope. You, you can see all of these things addressed. And I think it's such a timely letter for us as New Hope and for the season that we're in, you know, with the church scattered and you know, trying to figure out how to regather again. Mm. One of those things about the letter that strikes me is that the context, I think, is one of the important things for us to understand as we read along mm. this letter. So what strikes you about um, the context in which Peter is writing? Mm. Well, he starts right off by saying that he's writing to scattered, exiled mm people who are distinct in that they are chosen by God. So what what distinguishes them is their their salvation, their their relationship with Jesus and the way they're posturing in the world. Um, But they are dispersed, kind of like us, you know, in in this COVID season and, and trying to regroup. And he writes to a group of churches that are in provinces in the northern part. He names them. Of those names, uh, at least three of them are in the list in the book of Acts when people were there and Peter himself preached at Mm. Pentecost Mm. and it names all the different groups. Mm. Uh, Is it possible that some of the people heard him preach, uh, went back to those areas, planted churches, and here's Peter now writing to them, you know, 25, 30 years later, uh, encouraging them. And Peter, you know, who walked with Jesus, followed Jesus. Remember, he denied Jesus. And at the end, Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Mm. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. So as we study First Peter, this is Peter feeding the sheep. Mm. This, is, this is Peter speaking to um, scattered Christians saying, these are the rudimentary things you need to understand. Get mm. this right and you, know, you, you, you will travel well, even though 
there's challenging times around you. Yeah. Yeah. And the significance of that scattering, I think, um, so we're talking about modern day Turkey as we're mm. geographically, but the si significance of that is that the context that they're in is that they're exiles. Yes. So they are, they are people who are culturally distinct and different from the culture that surrounds them. Um, and, and I think that's a really important part of the letter that helps to make sense of, of the suffering that we hear yes. the letter make reference to uh, yes. so often. Yes, and it actually uses the language of uh, aliens, aliens and scattered persons. And one commentary that I was reading made the really insightful point that they are aliens in two senses. So there is the spiritual sense. I mean, I mean they're, you know, as a follower of Jesus, you're always going to feel, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm living to a different drumbeat than this culture around me. But there are also people who, because of their social position, because of uh, you know, aspects of their life, they're out of, uh, out of place. They're socially misfit in various and sundry ways. And so many of us feel this in so many different ways. It's our spirituality, but it's aspects of our sociology as well. And I just think about our wide congregation, uh, you know, folks who are grappling with the, the long-term consequences of a refugee journey. Uh, folks who have various kinds of, of issues in life that just, you know, you can just feel like, do I fit? And, and the book of Peter is written, is written to all of that. Uh, the ways in which socially and, and, and you know, sociologically, I, I feel like I don't fit. And God gathers us all in and says, you have a place in my church. And this is part of the vision of what we're called to. Here's Paul writing to all these scattered, displaced people saying, you belong, you belong. And as we get that vision clear and live out that vision, it's, it's very powerful. So he spends a lot of time in the letter talking about how to create this kind of community where we actually do belong. And we, we respond to that viscerally and begin to build on that. And the wider culture sees it and it's, it's profoundly impacting. It's really interesting to see the ways in which across church history, the church at different moments have, has had different answers to the question, how, would, how do we understand ourselves in relation to culture? You know, sometimes the church has decided to create a greater sense of separation between itself and, and, and the culture. I'm thinking about the Anabaptist tradition, tradition that the Baptist church comes out of where you know, the separation between church and state becomes really important. And then there's other moments in church history where mm. you see that actually the church seeks to influence very directly mm. culture and get very politically engaged. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so it's really interesting to see, I, you know, to explore in the letter how Peter is inviting us to think about that question of what do we think our relationship is to the culture. And one of the things I find so at attractive about it um, is that his answer isn't either one of those two things that I just said. <laughs> that, that he's really calling us to be faithful and holy witnesses and to be able to give an account for our faith mm. and for people to have seen how attractive our life is and the joy that we have and the hope that we're holding mm. on to and that, that that then invites them to ask us about the source of our hope. So really interesting it's not about separation but neither is it this political agenda where we're seeking necessarily to very directly you know influence the state but he's really grounding us in that place of faithful witness yes one of the interesting kind of background questions in the book of first peter is did peter really write it yeah and one of the things that sometimes gets raised is he talks a lot about suffering that must be kind of the time of nero and we know that the persecutions of nero and that the state-sponsored attempt to crush 
you know, the Christian movement, uh, probably started in full force after Peter had died. Um, but what's really interesting is if you accept that Peter wrote the book, and there's so many good reasons to accept that when you actually read the text mm. and think about the Peter who followed Jesus, um, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense when you realize that he is writing to the context that is pre-state-sponsored uh, persecution. So this is the kind of stuff people feel like in a culture exactly like ours. It's like he's writing to a moment exactly like ours. You, know, you can see that if we continue on this trajectory, it's gonna get harder to be a Christian. And so I like to think of, of the book of First Peter as almost being a foundation that Peter was building to prepare Christians for the stuff that would happen probably within half a decade of his life, mm -hmm. where persecutions ramped right up. You'll also notice in the book of First Peter, there's no controversies like, you know, the, the, that Paul was always dealing mm. with. Paul was always dealing with the heretics. Yeah. Whereas in First Peter, it's more this, you know, get the roots down deep. Understand the core truths. Make some deep commitments about how you're going to live. Mm. And yes, it's hard. Yes, you're going to suffer. But, but take a hold of that suffering and realize that is what Jesus did for our salvation and we can we can not only enter into his life but enter into his mission by by reframing suffering thinking about suffering differently uh, and so it's like a, it's like a textbook sort of for, for the foundation of how to live if things get even harder than they are now so let's dive in yep. and let's have a look at the first section yes. let's talk about where where he begins um so obviously we have the the classic formulation the beginning of a letter where he identifies himself you know peter the apostle of jesus christ he does some of that context setting talking about who he's writing to he does the classic grace and peace thing um and then he begins with this verse in my translation the nrsv which is blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ exclamation mark yes yes <laughs> Um, and, and in that little setting, he actually names each person of the Trinity. So, so when, when you read that, that full paragraph, this blessing is uh, about the thing that God has done as our Father. Mm. It's about the, that which Jesus has done, and, and he talks about his blood being sprinkled, mm. which picks up incredible Old Testament imagery. Peter's very attuned to the long story of the, of the Christian journey, and then the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so it's got this wonderful invitation to enter into the relationships that define the, the Christian understanding of who God is. Uh, not distant and unknowable, but present in our world and relating to us. Uh, so it's a very Trinitarian phrase that, that has that exclamation part, point of blessing, mm. blessing. Mm. And I, I love how he continues on to really emphasize um, the salvic work of God. Mm. So he's really inviting us to, from the get-go, to receive this gift of salvation yes. and to trust it. Yes. <laughs> that it's this extraordinary inheritance that will never go away. Yes. Um, uh, you know, and for that to be the ground of our, of our life with God, the basis of our faithfulness, the source of our hope, and therefore how we can suffer well. Yes, yes. He, he talks about um, the, the fact that we can be, if you will, kind of gathered up in, in what God has done and forgiven and rescued, but then how we can be healed. So, it, you know, we continue to experience God's work in us. So my translation is Tom Wright's 
uh, New Testament translation, which mm -hmm. he does for his commentary series. And I enjoy this just because of, of its point of difference. He says, may, uh, may God be blessed, God the Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. His mercy is abundant. And so he has become our Father in a second birth into a living hope through the resurrection from the dead of Jesus the Messiah. So this, this beautiful picture of us, we can start all over again. It's a living hope, it's a brand new birth. Jesus did it, his resurrection. This has brought us into an incorruptible inheritance. And he goes on and talks about that. There's more to come. And it's safe, it's as safe as can be, no matter what's going on in the world. Uh, and we can tap into that and live toward that. So this very future-oriented way of living that is very life-giving, it's very life-giving. So what's the encouragement for you personally here, Alan, mm. in, in this particular part of Peter's letter? What part of these 12 verses mm. resonated with you? Well, I get to preach on this. Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, more to come. But uh, it, it is, these first 12 verses, in a sense, they set the whole letter. So all the themes that will be followed mm. up are in these verses. Um, the, the work of Jesus uh, in saving us, this, this imagery of sprinkling uh, blood, which ties in with the Old Testament, you know, the book of Hebrews, all that sort of theology keeps, keeps recurring. The theme of suffering, the theme of the Christian life and how it's empowered. Um, but if I had to just kind of, just kind of do one thing, because you said what's, what's it's, it's the way he uses the word father in this, in this very opening bit. Um, and so I'm mindful Peter was there when they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So he heard Jesus say, okay, here's, here's our Father who art in heaven. Peter was there in, in that room, you know, at the Last Supper, and he heard Jesus' discourse, you know, about, about loving the Father and being in the Father and the Father in me and us in you and all those amazing mind-bending ideas. And so he, he repeats the word Father several times here in, in a very like warm and engaging way. Um, he set us apart in advance by God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit, etc. And then uh, may, may God be blessed, God the Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. And th this, this emphasis that recurs, that we can go to him and think of him as a loving parent, remove all of the, the baggage of you know worldly fathers that don't get it right, and and in that relationship, find everything we need for this journey. Everything we need you know, for suffering, transformation, working things out, trying to find answers in a crazy season. Uh, we're not alone. We're not alone. And we can actually have an intimate relationship with God. And that's kind of the, the core that he keeps coming back to. Mm. Fantastic. And what about you, Katrina? What, what stands out for you? Oh, the, the verse that really stood out for me when, I, um, when I've been reading it is verse 5 who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be um, revealed in the last time. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is, is the thought of us being protected through faith by God, that no matter what happens, there is something that is always beyond our experience of this moment. There is a deeper foundation to reality that is past, present and future that will never go away. And, and that no matter in the moment how I might feel like the boat is sinking, <laughs> that actually I'm being protected 
by God um, in, in a deep and profound way. And in a way that I think, you know, just really practically, I want to hold on to that idea, mm, mm, um, had on, hold mm. on to that, that thought in the midst of the storm that I'm always protected um, by, yeah, by God. So I thought that was really beautiful. So Alan, as we land this kind of first introduction to the book, you mentioned at the start um, that you see the five circles that we've been exploring in yes. January in this letter of yes, First Peter. Yes, so make yes, that link yes, for yes, us. Yes, yes, and I could be accused of seeing the five circles everywhere, couldn't I? But those five circles, um, the individual relationship with Jesus and then our relationship with family, you know, small groups, uh, co-workers in the vocational space, uh, what we do together as a community in the local commons and then society. The book of First Peter maps so beautifully with wisdom against those circles. So such a chunk of the book is about our individual relationship with Jesus. You know, if we can understand that deeply in a stormy culture and a broken world, uh, we, can, we can just sail so well personally, but we can add value to those around us. And so Peter talks about the family, very specifically, addressed to husbands, to wives. He talks about the vocational setting, you know, and, and how we need to live in relation to masters and slaves. Um, and, and he talks about the Christians working together and the kind of relationships they need to build to impact their own local communities. And then all this uh, you know, wonderful thinking about how you interact with the government of the day. How, how do you live out your Christian faith in an empire that is opposed to what Jesus stands for? And so the, the imagery that we have been reflecting on as a church, you know, and thinking about relationships that are life-giving because we're bringing Jesus to all of those relationships it is exactly what this book is tracking toward in, in so many wonderful ways. And it'll be very helpful for us in small groups, you know, in family settings, individually, to just keep thinking about those five circles and how is Peter helping me to live out my uh, discipleship in all of those domains today. Mm, fantastic. Well, we hope that you'll continue with us as we keep reading through this wonderful letter in First Peter. Uh, it'll follow the sermon series of week to week. So come back here for the next episodes and we look forward to continuing this discussion.